Welcome back, Coffin Bond listeners, episode 65. Unlucky you're just stuck with Tony and I again, but talking a shout out to some of my friends and maybe something they need to listen to, but how to handle market declines, Tony. Something for the young investors, I think. And yeah. the olds. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So it's um, having been in this industry for 28 years, I've seen some really big highs and seen some really big lows. And it's, um, and you know, realistically, over time, I shrug my shoulders and say, oh, yeah, well, we said that would happen. Yeah. You know, if, th- if things are expensive, things are expensive. If things are cheap, things are cheap, you know. So Boxing Day sale, Jamie. I, I do love seeing those, I guess, when we're, we're into our shares and, you know, you're seeing the red marks on your uh, Comsec account and there's all, all stress. But, Tony, a market declines part of investing. Absolutely. Um, uh, and even, you know, if there's not an asset class where you can't have a decline in the value of your money. What about uh, cash? Well, absolutely you can. So what are cash rates at the moment? On on even a turn deposit, it's just over 1%. Under 1%. Is it? Yeah. So it um, shows how much cash I've got. But, it's, um, but the basis of it, if you, inflation isn't, so and we're going to have inflation because there's going to be spending, uh, you know, and huge infrastructure spending. So we are, go- and with low interest rates, there's going to be spending. So we are going to have inflation. So if inflation for the next ten years only averages three percent, as an example, uh, and our cash rates, uh, you know, average two percent during that period of time, because if interest rates are really low during that period of time, cash rates are going to be even lower. Uh, so on that basis, your the value of your dollar, your hundred grand, uh, might now have a value of one hundred and fifteen grand in ten years' time. But the value of your spending of that dollar is actually down. So yes, you can lose money in cash. Short term, no. Um, and it's always good to have some short term cash. Obviously, yeah. I mean, even things in our in our account based pension portfolios, we usually do hold up to two years' income in cash. Uh, so that they don't have to suffer that market dip on that component that just keeps paying out. So, so no, yes, you, you every every sector of the market can have short-term fluctuations and negative returns. The only difference is in the stock market, you know that every single given day or mo- moment between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. every day, you know exactly what you whether it's gone black or red. You know, so it's um, you just have a look at some of the young guys' faces in here, and you know how the market's performed. <laughs> you might hear it too. So when we're talking about like investing, um, when emotions come into play, um, especially on market downturns, that, that's that's not good for the investor. No, it's not. And it's uh, now we all obviously have emotions. Um, I'm not emotionless sometimes. sometimes. So it's um, but you know you're you have a long term strategy and plan and. If you let every fluctuation or every every news article uh, actually start uh, dictating what you're going to do in the markets, you you would you'll be never do anything. So yeah, it was interesting. We were talking to SJS, who we're hoping to have a podcast soon, and doing scenario planning for businesses. Yeah. And as I said, you know, one of the biggest problems now with companies is over information. Absolutely. So it's uh, getting too much. Inf- and if, well, I was going to say, if you guys think about it, you guys don't know any different, but you guys grew up in the world of 24 hour news cycles before social media. Yeah. So when we had, so when you, when you consider, if you watch Bloomberg TV or something like that, which I don't do, but if you, if you were to watch that, you got them speaking to you, 
headlines flashing above up the top, headlines down the side, headlines down the bottom. It is so busy. How can you actually concentrate on any information that is actually being thrown at you? And then, of course, add uh, social media accounts to that or your Twitter accounts, which you banned me from. I'm not allowed to be part of. But it's <laughs> um, but from what you've told me, the, the case of is that you keep getting bombarded with this information. Now, of course, on social media, you get bombarded with the information of whatever you follow. Yeah, uh, that is a problem sometimes. Absolutely. So you've got a 24-hour news cycle where they actually have to make it always look panicky and bad. And you know my thoughts on the media in general is crap. I can't stand the media in any way whatsoever. They're just not going to do anything to actually report all the good things and all the good news that happens in the world. So... So based on that, when we do have that overload of information, it is really difficult to focus on that long term. And not become emotional. No, and it, if, if you consider um, what happened just recently, that's, you know, it's interesting that the lows of the market were only three months ago and some people already forgotten about it, you know, and it's just like... Yeah, you know, th- three months ago, there was there was a few people out there in the world panicking. I mean, uh, but without sounding, you know, emotionless, you, you do remember my comment was, well, it is different this time, which is usually a red flag when somebody says that. Yeah. But the reason why it's different is because it's gone down because the governments have put the economy into lockdown, uh, not because there's been fraud in the banking system or fraud on Wall Street or, you know, a huge company collapse. Uh, You know, they sent the market into a tailspin. So I did say that, you know, things will change. But what comes out of that if you're doing, if you're trading on an individual basis, you know, an individual companies, well, then you can get flogged. Uh, so if you bought something emotionally rather than actually, you know, on the thing. But I think where people most get it wrong, Jamie, is this paralysis of investing or following the herd. It's yep. either one, it seems to be one or the other. So markets are declining and they panic and go into a, and sell. Saying, so I'll just get back into it when it bottoms out. Now, nobody ever knows when it's bottomed out. Uh Unless you've got the benefit of hindsight. Yeah. Okay. So we know be, we know the bottom of the markets. You'd be looking after the world's money if you were doing that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's um but you know, on that basis is you you have a look at it and people panic and sell out at that stage and then what they try and do is say, Okay, oh, the markets are going up now, I'll go in now. But it was interesting, I was reading a statistic earlier, as you know, so I just want to quote it, that this is just looking from the 1st of January 2010 to the end of December 2019. So if you actually had a look at that full period, so it's a 10-year period, you invested excluding dividends, and this is just in the All World Index, uh, Morgan Stanley Consumer All World Index. If you invested $1,000 in on the 1st of January 2010, You've actually doubled your money, just over doubled your money, if you've kept it invested during that entire period. Now, in that 10-year period, which was just after the GFC, but in that 10-year period, there were certainly lots of ups and downs. In actual fact, on average, uh, the market declines more than 20% at least once every six years, and more than 15% about once every four years about negative 10% once a year. So if you're continually going through, my God, the world's falling in, well, let's go and put money back in the market. Out of those 3,650 days, if you just missed the top 10, the just 10 of the best days, your portfolio is halved in value. You've actually lost 49%. So you actually so own- 10 days in 10 years. 
10 days out of 3,650 days, just missed the top 10 days, your portfolio is down by 50%. Now, not negative 50%. So in other words, rather than going from 1,000 to 2,000, it's gone from 1,000 to $1,539. Now, that's only missing the top 10. If you've missed the best 30 days, you've actually only made $7 over 10 years. So out of 3,650 days, if you've panicked and got out and just missed the best 30 days, you've made $7 or 0.7% per year. Still had the same exposure to stocks, just got in and out, you know, and panicked and not got in the best 30 days. So this is actually having a plan sticking to the course and actually taking advantage of the Boxing Day sales when they occur is so vitally important. But it's actually having a plan and sticking to it and getting the emotions out of it. And we know that the people who look at their portfolios are the most are the ones that emotionally panic the most. Correct. And it's funny, we've actually had stories like that where we've had clients call up and every day are worried and then they're happy, then they're worried and they're happy. And we've asked them to, you know, don't look at it for a few months and then get back to us. They've rang up happy. That's right. <laughs> so, so it's uh, ignore it. It's our job to look at it. Yeah. It's your job to ignore it and, and just say, is it on track to doing what I expected it to do? But that's really even more important in this world of low returns. Yep. So we are in a world of low returns. I mean, as, as far as we're concerned, we do have a view that the market uh, will still be volatile. You know, we, we still could look at, um, you know, a negative 10% return in the coming month or so. We don't know. Yep. Uh, but with stuff sort of opening, closing, and that's happening all around the world, there is, you know, the potential of another... Uh, downturn and it could be a sharp downturn uh, and it could be a sharp upturn after that again but if you miss a sharp upturn you miss everything Um, so this is why we don't panic and sell out in the downturn and we get back in in you know because we're sticking the course for the long term so that's the part that actually concerns me the most because the most daunting part of this out of those 3,650 days over that 10-year period if you've missed the best 40 days, you're actually negative 15% over 10 years. Oh. That's so, so, this ti- is, so is it time in the market and not, mar- not, not market timing? Is oh, listen, it is time in the market and diversified though still, yeah. but it's certainly time in the market. There's no doubting that. So over why, is, why does diversification matter then? Well, and diversification still comes down to risk profile. So as an example, if um, you know, you're half my age, uh, nearly kind of not far off so it's um so um the basis of it is is that i probably have a few less years to go before i need that money to start living off uh whereas somebody who say my mum who's 80 she's living off you know the investments that she's made she doesn't have the financial capacity to actually keep investing she doesn't turn up to work and get superannuation paid for her anymore so so on that basis is you know, you and I might have a similar risk profile, but our longer-term objectives might be different because you've got um, thirty years. You know, so it's um, more. Well, so, Let's go less. Yeah. So it's a, well before you actually start needing that to earn an income from. Yeah. Um, so whereas my mum, as an example. She, if she did suffer a negative 10% return, even though she might have had the same tolerance, which she doesn't, um, but let's say she had the same tolerance to risk as what I do as a 51-year-old when she was 51 and she's kept that, 
a negative 10% short-term downturn that might last for three months, as an example, that can severely dent her income flow. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's a different scenario there. So so diverse, where diversification is important is that, you know, as an example, I think it was a case of if we looked at during that same period, if you have a look at 2010, the worst performing investment was cash. It was 0.12% it earned. Uh, bonds, US bonds were paying 6.54% that year, international stocks on average 11.15%, you know, emerging markets 18.88%. But if you actually go through to 2018, the best performer was actually cash, which was 1.8% for the year. So having that diversification in a portfolio is actually vitally important. Sometimes if you take that 70-year-old as an example who needs their funds to live off, you know, can't live off. 15% of the earnings of it. So we have some clients who, God, they'd have to go on mad spending sprees to be able to spend, you know, even in bad years, half yeah. of what they earn. So I think in low return worlds, you do have to be that little bit more cautious as you're getting older um, as well. So so diversification is vitally important because not everyone has that same tolerance to risk. And tolerance to risk is your potential downside. Yeah. And if you are... What are you, 28? So it's uh, if you're 28... Well yeah, I know, I'm getting there. <laughs> so if you're 28 years old and you saw the, see the portfolio drop by 10%, it's, hmm, it's not an issue. That that 10% drop in your portfolio, uh, you know, it might only be, you know, four months of superannuation guarantee payments, as an example. So yeah. it's not an issue for you on that basis. But I think what's really important too, though, if we're going to talk the long term, um, so... Now, you talk about time in the market. Now, as you know, my favourite era that I wasn't born in was the late 1800s and the Industrial Revolution. Um, I just am mesmerised by what's gone on since then. But if we have a look at um, a rolling, just the S&P 500, uh, so the, the US stock market, basically. Yeah. The S&P 500 average, rolling 10-year average, uh, annual total return. So this is over any year on a rolling 10 years. So, and that's when you consider, as I said, you know, you've got a negative 20% return in there at least once every six years on average. Negative yeah. 10% or 15% at least once every four years. Through bubbles, booms, boosts, wars. Um, so this goes back to 1937, so just before the start of World War Two. Rolling. So if you look at the 30, and now you've got the oil crises, you've got depressions, you've got recessions, you've got everything in here, uh, major stock market crashes. If you have a look at the rolling 10-year period, 1939 to 1949 still averaged a positive 9.18% return. Then you've got from 40 to 50, 12.1, 41 to 51, 15.09. There's not one negative 10-year result in here. The average return to the end uh, to the first of January to, uh, 2020, which we've just gone through, the average return rolling 10-year period return has been 13.24% if you reinvested uh, your earnings. You know that's doubling your money about every five and a half years. So once again, that shows. Now you see the chart there. There's that's like a roller coaster ride. That would be a wild Sea World roller coaster ride. That's, that's that would a lot be. Of phone calls if someone's checking their account every day. Isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. But what we're saying though is. And don't get me wrong, but I regard day trading uh, as gambling and nothing else. Um, I do have a look at times of how many options are being traded on the market because it is a good indication of where markets will go in the short term. Uh, but 
you know, you have a, you have a look at funds, and I said this back in two thousand and eight. Isn't Microsoft cheap? Why? I said it in two thousand and eighteen. Isn't Microsoft cheap? Why? Uh, said it uh, three months ago. Isn't Microsoft cheap? Why? You know, it was down after the GFC. It dropped from three hundred and thirty billion in value down to 195 billion in value it's currently worth about 1.4 trillion so yeah there's there's always opportunities there but long term if we said oh my god microsoft has just tanked that's it i'm selling it i'll get back in when it gets back to 330 billion in value you know that's that's not how it works so time in the market but also having a diversified portfolio there's no use having a million dollars in 10 stocks or if you got 50 grand invested and you know your stockbroker turns around and says here's five shares to invest in that's not diversification no. you know i think our um asset allocation and i should know this <laughs> but our asset allocation exposure to both australian and international equities no matter what the size of your portfolio i think we're currently got four and a half thousand shares in there yeah. on international merging and australian basis that's diversification our largest holding i think actually is microsoft at the moment about 2.15 percent of the portfolio so so based on that that's where diversification isn't just based on asset classes it's also based within uh, yeah, so I mean, and there's a, you know, I, I heard Willard yell out this morning about Tesla being worth more than Toyota, and it's probably the first time he said something about Tesla, which I didn't say anything. I said, well, <laughs> it does make up part of our portfolio. I still don't like him, but it's such a smart, small part of the portfolio that if if it tanks. Yeah, it's not going to affect the portfolio. <laughs> and if it goes up, yeah, it'll grow in the portfolio. So I'm happy for Tesla to go from 0.01% of the portfolio to 2% of the portfolio. That'd be awesome. You know, so don't necessarily like the fella, but, but, we'll he's, but he's made some money. <laughs> so it's, um, Tony, appreciate today. And as we said, we're looking at some exciting podcasts in the next couple of weeks with some guests. So we'll Looking forward to the next five years in this bull run that I've just sold everyone about. Oh, I'm hoping it goes that way anyway. Yeah, but it won't be every day. No. <laughs> so, thank um, you. Thank you.